Hey, Trumpcast listeners, what you are about to hear is a teaser for our latest Trumpcast Plus episode. We've made one out of every four episodes exclusive to Trumpcast Plus subscribers, and they get to hear it and all the episodes without ads. To hear the whole thing, go to slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus and sign up. We really need your signups more than ever, and it costs so little. It's only $35 for the first year. It's peanuts. And you get Trumpcast and all of Slate's podcasts ad-free. Just going to say one more time, I hate to pass the hat, but we really are relying on subscribers this time. And this is easy to remember. Slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus to sign up. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. We have a great show for you today. The lovely and talented Terry Gar is here. Okay, I've basically wanted to introduce a Trumpcast that way since the very beginning, like a 90s episode of Letterman. And of course, I wanted to name check the great Terry Gar. So thank you for humoring me. And now thank you for ignoring that. I'm going to jump right into this Slate Plus episode because I'm a little too excited about my guest and topic. He's Scott Sayer, a writer and reporter covering politics currently based in Paris. He's written an A-plus new piece for the New York Times magazine about one Dr. Didier Raoult. This guy is a Trumpian or Tiger King figure, Dr. Raoult. He's complete with the weird hair and insufferable manner of Trump and that Tiger King. But because Raoult is in France, he's not a game show host like those two. He's a microbiologist with an MD and a PhD and a history of actually important research into bacterial infections. Got that? You kind of like him? Think he's interesting? Well, wait till you find out that he's the one who touted the dread hydroxychloroquine as the 100% cure for, yes, COVID-19, and thereby got the attention of Trump. And basically, the two of them are claiming, absent evidence, that it's just the baseball bat one needs to knock out the virus from our cells. Really? But get this, Raul is not entirely a quack. This is one of those subtle pieces, the one Sayer has written. He sees ups and downsides to someone like Raoult with weird brio taking on the Parisian medical establishment. Now, here's my warning about Raoult. He's anti-Fauci. So, for the record, Didier Raoult is not on Trumpcast's side. But during a pandemic, when we're all looking for a cure or a treatment for this disease, does it really matter whose side you're on politically? We, Or maybe no. Welcome to Trumpcast, Scott. Thank you for having me, Virginia. I don't need to tell you because I signaled it on Twitter, but I think this piece in the Times Magazine, your piece about this this, uh, what's the French word for quack? Is there one? This uh, <laughs> genius quack, somehow evil genius, Didier Raoul. It's just, you just wrote the hell out of this piece, which uh, most of us haven't had the time to do or had the inclination to do since we've been writing so fast about the, uh, about the epidemic and about the various political crises around the world. So I really appreciate just the writing in this piece. Thank you so much. I'm honored. It also has a French cadence to it, which I think suits <laughs> suits your your antihero Raoul. Tell us about him. So Raoul is now a very famous scientist in France and, and probably more broadly the world. 
uh, because of this solution or what he deems to be a solution to COVID-19, a, a treatment for COVID-19, um, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. But he was actually a pretty famous scientist within the realm of microbiology for a long time before now. And he has always been known for his outsized personality, outsized sense of his own value, virtue, worth. And I suppose that doesn't distinguish him from every other scientist. There's, there's plenty of science that is performed by people with, uh, with personalities and psychologies like that. I think it did him a lot of good in the course of his career. Uh, and, and it may also have led him to believe that he was infallible uh, and, and led him to believe that, that it was reasonable to propose that this treatment, which hasn't proven its worth in any, in any large rigorous trial, was in fact the cure we were looking for. Mm -hmm. In the orbit of, of Jeffrey Epstein, the now late um, chronic child molester um, and evil doer, um, his, uh, his, his, so, some of his circle at MIT, at Harvard, and in the sciences, whom, to whom he gave a lot of money, also sort of fit this Raoul bill in the sense that they, they really did start to get into a kind of we're playing God. In the evolutionary psychology department at Harvard, at um, an Arizona university, they were really doing something like eugenics. And it does seem like this is a type, and Raoult may be the most, really embody this the most, but it, it's, it, you know, they're very like those H.G. Wells, Frankenstein era, you know, 19th century scientists who feel that they've sort of broken the bounds of, you know, human morality and can see, you know, can see into the universe better than anyone else. Even Raoult tells you that hubris is the kind of defining principle of how he sees human nature, right. which he seems to embody. Right. His... um. I would say that self-awareness is not um, among his his prime virtues. <laughs> I was having an exchange with a with a, a former boss of mine, a, a journalist who, who, whom I respect greatly, and he um and he he wrote to me uh, to say that it's sort of fascinating to see the way that people and here he was he was referring actually to to the way that ex anti communists become the the sort of dogmatic and ideologically blinded fanatics that they spent their entire careers denouncing. Yeah. The, the, the sort of the way that you become exactly what it is you hate. Yes, right. Or you've been projecting all along. You know, this right. is the, you know, we're seeing Trump accuse more and more of his foes of corruption, um, even as, you know, uh, emoluments, his suits pursue him right. and his corruption's more and more exposed. And that <laughs> that also brings me to the connection that you make. And I actually, I need you to walk me through exactly mm -hmm. how Raul, what his successes are, and you do a nice job with this, and then yeah. also how he came to promoting this cure to COVID-19 that is, right. as he says, 100% effective against it. Right. So to walk us through that, and then let's talk about his parallels and not parallels with um, Donald Trump. Okay. So, and tell me, tell me if this gets too detailed or no, or not please, it can't be, it can't be too detailed for me. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, so, so Raoul, Raoul is a, is both a physician. Uh, so he's trained as, as a physician and as a, and, and as a research scientist. So he's a, he's an MD PhD and he begins his career working in infectious diseases and, and working on, um, 
working on these rare bacteria called rickettsia. These are pathogenic bacteria. And one of the various, well, there's a, there's a rickettsial species or a rickettsia-like species that produces typhus, various kinds of typhus. And, and this, is, this is sort of the first thing that he studies. And he develops treatments and continues, and continues as a rickettsial scientist and actually becomes quite renowned as one. Um, hmm. he's, he's known for being among the world's best growers of rickettsia. Ah. What does that mean exactly? Well, it, it means that it means that he figured out how to grow them in culture, mm-hmm. which is, it turns out, quite complicated for some of them. Typhus is also, you know, when we, we're in the all having to have a crash course in the history of plagues, but typhus is the one that often haunts Europe. It's the plague of Athens. Um, it's a legitimate bacterial plague, right? Oh, yeah. So that does put him in an important spot to speak to the epidemic, by pandemic of our time. Absolutely. Though it's worth noting, he is not, uh, and, and, and I should say this is, this is sort of a, a broader question. There, there are a lot of terms that are getting thrown around as if they're interchangeable these days. Um, oh, good. He's not an epidemiologist, mm-hmm. nor is he even a virologist, actually. He's a microbiologist who has spent most of his work, most of his, most of his professional career, working on bacteria, and in particular, intracellular bacteria, um, hmm. which, is, which is where he came to start using hydroxychloroquine. But in any case, yes, he's a, he, is, he is definitely a specialist of infectious disease and has spent his, his entire career in the presence of pathogenic, uh, hmm. pathogenic bacteria and, and viruses. And, and he, he likes it, clearly. In the early 90s, and this is, this is the hydroxychloroquine connection, um, in the early 90s, he was studying a, a rare rickettsial-like infection called Q fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Q fever is caused Yikes, by... Yikes, I've just been reading about QAnon. Q fever right. is not I... like, please, listeners, Trumpite listeners, make <laughs> nothing of the fact that Q fever exists. Or should you? <laughs> uh, the answer is no, you should not. Q fever is a bacterial infection that's transmitted basically by cattle. It is lethal uh, if untreated. And for a long time, there basically wasn't an effective treatment. He developed a good one. And the treatment that he developed was a combination of of hydroxychloroquine and the antibiotic doxycycline. Essentially, the way that hydroxychloroquine works is, so the, the very briefly, the, the bacterium responsible for Q fever is an intracellular bacterium, which means that it's a bacterium that propagates within cells. So most bacteria are extracellular, which means mm. they grow outside of cells. Mm-hmm. Um, but these ones are actually taken into the cells and it's inside the cells that they multiply. So that was a teaser. Don't you want to hear the whole show tantalizing? You can. Just go to slate.com slash Trumpcast plus and sign up. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast plus.